0: Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits. This is the show where geeks talk about God. My name is Luke Navarro.
1: And my name is Mike Perna.
0: Mike, it is a huge week for geekdom.
1: So much is going on. We
0: actually have news this week, and we have uh, just the most incredible headlines. (laughs) We have spent $1 billion for the privilege... Of killing prostitutes. Again.
1: Oh my. Before we lose literally our entire audience, please explain for those of us who are either playing from other parts of the world or don't necessarily play video games.
0: Grand Theft Auto V came out and basically had the best first opening weekend of any video game ever. Not only not brand,
1: only any any video game, any were, form of entertainment. Right.
0: And video games are the most profitable media ever, so therefore this this Grand Theft Auto Five was the most profitable opening weekend of anything in history. And the game is about being a criminal thug that runs around and kills and steals and probably does a bunch of other horrible stuff i don't know hey I played hey since grand theft that theft
1: auto is II. that is not Oof. accurate grand theft auto 5 is about three terrible awful <laughs> thugs who go around stealing and killing fine
0: <laughs> uh i i gotta tell you okay look uh in terms of gameplay i'll be honest i haven't played a grand theft auto since grand theft auto 2 i i have maybe I, maybe I played some of three
1: i have played up to four
0: okay but, I have played a lot of games like Grand Theft Auto that were built on the Grand Theft Auto mechanic, and, and I think maybe even engines. It
1: is it is pretty much the granddaddy of all things open sandbox gaming.
0: Red Dead. One of my favorite, maybe my favorite game ever, is Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. But this game, I, I don't even know what it, what does this say about our society? What does it say about uh, our culture? And, and I, it's appalling. And you know what, um, so obviously the game rates really, really well, however, I've been listening to some of the the people I go to for my video game information, the shows that I go to, like not just the IGNs and the, I don't even know who else there is anymore, Metacritic, whatever, but the actual shows, like podcasts that I go to, mm-hmm. and they're kind of saying, oh, this is maybe a little too much.
1: Well, the the thing that I discovered like like I said I've played up to 4. I did skip San Andreas just because it seemed a little ridiculous. But I did play though I didn't finish 4. And for me, the Grand Theft Auto game started I I played the first one when it was top down and the graphics it was were top down, right? Were, yeah. the graphics were awful. Different. And it was it was so much more arcadey. They right? were awful
0: even at the time.
1: Well, the violence was, like, cartoony. It's like saying Bugs Bunny was a terrible, violent, awful. Like, it was very much cartoon uh, avatars blowing each other up.
0: It And it was, uh, there was actually a, a really similar kind of a vibe to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games for the NES. There was a top-down Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. You know, game.
1: I never would have made that. Uh, correlation, but the second you brought it up, yeah, I can see that. There's, right? It's very cartoony, and there are some people who will argue that cartoon violence is just the same as regular violence. I'm not that person. Uh, maybe it's the fact that I did grow up watching Looney Tunes. There's definitely a difference. I understand sure. when Bugs Bunny gets hit by an anvil that maybe I should not hit my friends likewise. <laughs> like, I understand with that. that, but and I think I think there's. I don't want to completely throw away the the uh, the games because some of them, the good ones, really do have a good bit of storytelling in them. I think a lot of people who complained about Grand Theft Auto 4 was uh, the fact that, that Nico Bellic's story was completely, you know... It's a guy who is thrust into a terrible situation. He's a guy who has no money, no job and he's in a in a completely different place than where he's comfortable and he pretty much either does this or starves and and that's the situation you find yourself in now, I don't know anything about Grand Theft Auto five. I did not as a guy who is if I do any console gaming lately, it's gonna be on the next gen and even then it'll probably be once the next gen starts to get cheaper. Uh, I've pretty much found, you know, as we've described, I've pretty much found myself becoming more and more of a strictly PC gamer. I I didn't really look into Grand Theft Auto V. I had no desire. My budget is tighter than it's ever been, and it really didn't register. I have, I have plenty of board games that I would rather buy first. Alright, so
0: uh, let me put it in perspective for you. You're familiar with the Saints Row series of games.
1: Which is absolutely ridiculous, yes.
0: The Saints Row games are the same mechanics, except it is uh, lewd and rude intentionally.
1: It basically went over the top with everything.
0: Yeah, it's a satire, essentially. I am hearing people saying this game is, in terms of its moral content, worse than Saints Row 4 or 3. Wow.
1: That's... As a guy guy who's been... because I've I've been kind of putting together videos for for Project Awesome, I've I've been finding myself watching an awful lot of YouTube lately, and I've been watching as guys over at uh well, they used to call themselves the Game Station. I don't know what they're calling themselves now. I think Polaris or whatever. Jesse Cox and Wow Crendor. I'm watching these guys and they're playing Saints Row Four, and. Wow, let me tell you, if, the, if this is worse than Saints Row, that's that's a special breed of awful.
0: <laughs> I think this is important to bring up, though, because I don't know that we have ever, on this show, gotten to this point. Where I say, that's too far across the line for me. Uh, I am generally fairly um, kind of agnostic when it comes to the content of... Of the games that I play.
1: You and I have both spent a lot of time saying how much we've played games that many people would say they won't play.
0: Absolutely. And uh, so there is a point and this is a line where uh, I'm not going to cross it. It's just not interesting to me. You know, and there's lots of movies that I would never go see because of the content of the movie. But in general, there's not too many video games, and certainly not too many role-playing games or board games, but there's very few video games where there's that line that I'm just not going to cross. This doesn't interest me. And this is it. So it does exist now. Um, <laughs> the, this is the line where I go, ah, uh, no. It's a proud and, day uh, for
1: video game developers everywhere.
0: And you know what I think is is the reason why? It isn't like that there's a certain number of F-bombs or a certain amount of nudity or whatever. It's that there's a certain amount of parody with real life Mm. that uh, really bothers me. And I know that people who talk that way, people who live that way exist. Now, it's not as glamorous and as fun and exciting as it is when you're playing in a video game. And it doesn't exist to the extent in places where, as it does in the video game, but it, there is some parody to it. And um, that's the kind of thing where I feel like, especially as believers, believers who are also citizens, we've got to be about saying, we're trying to change this. So there's less of this, not glorifying it. And um, you know, so, Hey, it doesn't happen very often, but, but my prude alarm's going off and I'm going (laughs) to say no. It's not something I want to do. And, and it's I, not something I want to promote.
1: I think anybody who would fault you for that is, well, just plain silly. Right. Uh, like I said, but
0: I, I want the audience to know that there are times when we say, "No, this is this is too far outside of my my morals. This is too far outside of my belief. I'm not going to go there." Right. Uh, and you know, especially because you and I tend to be fairly open. You know we're we're pretty enthusiastic about trying things.
1: Why those crazy uh, liberal gamer types on the radio uh,
0: yeah, uh well, I'm sure that there's somebody out there who's listening to this show that's thought that I'm sure they probably left some negative comments somewhere, but you know whatever, <laughs> please
1: uh, send all negative feedback too,
0: yeah, to me uh. So yeah, I don't know. So uh, you, you're not going to play it. You've not had too much experience with it.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not um, going to play it mostly out of indifference. I, right. You know, I it, it's a game that it, it's what you make of it. It could be if you play it fairly straight. It's a it's a a crime okay. slash cop drama.
0: Okay, so here's the thing: is you can sandbox mode this game. Oh yeah. In which case, you kind of are doing whatever you choose to do. Right. Uh, But it's the storyline that's the the big issue in this one.
1: See, not knowing anything about the storyline in this one. I know from the past, I haven't, you know, most of them have just been, go here, this guy's, you know, not doing what he's supposed to, you gotta take him out, and I'm the kind of guy who's been watching The Godfather since I was, like, ten. Right. So that, that doesn't bother me. I understand that that's not a way to live your life, that these are not heroes to be glorified.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean for me it's just eventually I just don't want to see it or hear it anymore.
1: Right. And that that's completely valid.
0: Right. But, you know, we had this uh, very big week with a whole lot of uh video game money going into a game that I'd rather not see exist. But there is something that maybe I might maybe see exist. also
1: in the video game world and also making a big announcement this week.
0: And uh I know very little about it. You know more, so you go.
1: Really, I can't say I know a ton of it either, mostly because Valve has been very tight... not much to know. No, Valve has been very tight-lipped about this. It started off with a teaser website, and I put it up on the Facebook page when I first uh, saw it. It was basically one big screen, and on the bottom were three circles, and under the first circle was a timer. When they first put it up there, that was 72 hours on this timer. And at the time of recording right now, two of these three little circles have been revealed. The first one was a Steam OS, a Steam operating system. And it makes sense that the second circle that has now been revealed is a, what we've all been calling the Steam Box.
0: Right. Uh, and we've talked about that on the show before. We
1: have. And basically it's the announcement that uh, Valve is creating hardware... That is designed to be more in the living room, and kind of. It, I I don't I don't know exactly how it's going to work. It's it's going to be working m- mostly with newer TVs to make your TV act more like a computer.
0: To me, it sounds like an Apple TV with a joystick interface.
1: You know, I it, it seems a lot like it. I think in light of the fact that we do that, the Apple TV is an actual thing that uh, PlayStation is working with the the Vita the Vita TV. I think that it's it's primarily a means to step into that that PC performance with the accessibility of it being in, in the living room, uh, you know, being able to be played on your television. There's still, at the time of recording, 13 hours from now there will be another announcement, uh, so if, you know, maybe I'll come in as future Mike if I think that it's worth mentioning. Otherwise, you know, by the time you're hearing this, you'll have already heard. But yeah, right now Steambox is a thing. And it, uh, it they say it's supposed to come out beginning of next year, beginning of 2014.
0: We expect that the third announcements will be about the interface, about the controller.
1: Yeah, about controllers. I don't know if it's literally like, this is what the controller looks like. Or if it's going to be like, these are all the ways you can interact with this machine. Hey kids, future Mike. Yeah, it pretty much was just the controller. I'd go into more detail, but there really isn't any need. There's lots of stuff out there. Go, Just go on YouTube and type in the Steam controller, or even go to the same Steam website that I cited earlier in this episode. Other than that, it looks kind of goofy, but the technology is pretty cool. So, yeah, go ahead and check it out.
0: Right. You know, for me, all of that's fine and good. What matters to me is the game list. Yeah. And now... I'm really afraid that the game list is going to consist of Half-Life and, <laughs> you know, everything else from Valve, um, which are all good games. But, you know, a couple of months ago, we were talking about the Ouya on the show. And so it seems to me that there's a lot of people trying to get into this market. Obviously, Steam is a big old gorilla getting into the market. Right. But... I don't
1: know. I think there's, I think there's a lot of... I think there's a lot of potential here because the fact that Valve has been, you know, through Steam, has been doing a lot with developers to try... like, everybody tries to get on Steam these days. Like, you can't make a PC game and not have it be on Steam.
0: Right. So, what we're essentially looking for here is a unified console. Yeah. A console where... because, you know, when I I first thought about this, I thought, why bother? Why have... Okay, well let's uh, let's take a step back. There's actually uh, two proposed functions for the Steam Box. Okay, one is it will run games on its own. Okay, it's uh, it's basically a Linux operating system right. in a little box with X amount of power that can run games. It will use your your TV as a monitor. Yep. The other is that for games that are not either programmed, or they're not compiled for Linux, or, I think more likely, they outpower the box. The Steam Box will serve as basically a wireless HDMI kind of connection so that you can play your game running on your PC, but visible and con- on the screen and controlled with the Steam box controller. You can basically
1: you can basically stream games that currently exist in your Steam account, which
0: you can do right now if you have enough wire and you've got enough technical ability. You can play games on your. They they have Steam what they call Big Picture mode.
1: Right, and Big Picture was like the the prelim. It's like the precursor to what they're doing now.
0: Right, and so but this is cutting the wires. Right, um, and that kind of, I think that's cool. I think that if they can build it so that it's an Apple TV with the ability to stream games, awesome. Uh, I gotta tell you, in terms of, like, loading games onto the thing, I'm not, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, uh, you know, why wouldn't I just have a, con- a console then?
1: See, I think I think the conversation we're it gonna is a have... a lot less expensive, though. I think the conversation we're gonna have here is much like the conversation we had when you asked me, would I buy an Ouya? I, I think the potential right. is huge. Am I going to be an early adopter who's like, please give me Steambox now? Probably not. But I I am excited about the potential for what this offers because, like I said, I, I'm pretty much solely a PC gamer these days. My Xbox has been collecting dust long since we moved into this current apartment. Uh, so I, I'm excited about the idea of being able to to play on that screen, to be able to play, uh, some of the- like, I would love to play Dark Souls on my TV. That would be amazing.
0: Yeah, you know, I really prefer to play on my TV. Uh, I'd rather sit on the couch with a controller in my hands than sit at my desk, because my desk- it's not comfortable as comfortable as my couch, mm. and my computer monitor's not nearly as cool as my big old TV. That said, it's gotta work, and it's gotta have a lot of games, and uh, all of the games need to be able to stream. If I have to run them, and I needs to be able to stream in such a way that I forget it's running on the PC.
1: Right. I, I, think, uh, I think I think that's, that's gonna that be the that's gonna be the rub right there. That's gonna be. Where the rubber meets the road on whether this thing is a good thing or not because if i
0: have to walk over to my pc log into the game launch the game configure the settings so that it goes to the thing then i have to configure my my receiver so that it goes and it goes to the thing and then i gotta sync my controller that's gonna suck
1: well you also gotta wonder but, how how well will it stream will you get the same performance that you would on a PC? Yeah, I think that's probably...
0: Well, you know, now that I think about it...
1: Streaming is not always that great.
0: When I, uh, I'll stream things from my computer to my Apple TV to watch on my big TV. And there are occasionally, not very often, but there are occasionally hiccups yep which i assume are drop packets or whatever um and you gotta figure even if it's fairly uh, high resolution video it's just video going across Mm -hmm. there's no there's no you know response and i guess all the processing is still happening in the computer so even then it would still just be video going across and uh I would imagine the controller probably wouldn't even go to the steam box. It would go straight to your computer. Um, but you're right, I mean i I kind of thought, well, of course it'll work no problem but but now that you just mention it, I have had some problems with my apple TV streaming, so
1: right like like I said, the potential fantastic. I will probably wait to you know I will not be asking for a steam box for my birthday is what I'm saying.
0: Well, and I wonder how many people will. Um, and we've not seen Valve make hardware. Right. And I guess they're not making the hardware, right? The, it's another it company that's making right. it for them. Um, so, we'll, I mean, these kind of things, they take time. Right. They take iterations. You have to keep on... you you got to lose money sometimes at the beginning to uh, to make these things happen. Uh, and so we'll see if that if that uh, if that does come to pass. And I think that if anybody can do it, it's Valve. But who knows? Oh. All right. So we've got bad video game news, good video game news, or potentially
1: potentially good video, video, video game, news. game
0: news. And we have some TV news. Yeah. Is it good news or bad news?
1: Oh, it's so good news.
0: Is it? Okay. So uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield. Uh, aired, what, two days ago? Yeah. Uh, when we recorded this. Uh, the pilot aired. Um, Coulson is back. Yeah, he is. He's my favorite uh, part. Sort of. Um, and he is, he's got a much expanded role, and he. Uh, so his lovely quirky personality uh, is gotten to be... Uh, we get to experience that quite a bit more, at least in this first episode.
1: I can almost imagine uh, him when he's off screen, just writing fan mail to Captain America.
0: <laughs> so we've uh, we have a world that has seen the Avengers uh, fighting in New York. Yes,
1: this is a post-battle for New York universe.
0: And uh, as the pilot opens, we have a kind of hacker-esque indie journalist group trying to to. Get out the truth behind what happened in the, at the Battle of New York. What, what S.H.I.E.L.D., this orga- mysterious organization, is really all about. And uh, we are introduced to a series of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents whose job it is to uh, liaise with this group. And stuff happens. Tell me, what did you think about uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.?
1: I loved this show. Okay. Is it is it perfect? Absolutely not. This is a pilot. It's a pilot.
0: Pilot people, pilot. Okay. So, any, it it felt like a pilot. It felt like
1: a pilot, which is fine. It should. It's being what it is. Um there were some people who who were expecting the Avengers movie type of quality here and We're never going to get you're that. You're never going to get that. It's a television show. It's a completely different medium. Are some of the same people showing up? Yes. Are they the same characters? Yes but it's not going to be the same thing. That being said, oh my goodness, Coulson is the man. Mm. And I I love pretty much everything about this show. Um I like the fact that we're not jumping right into oh my goodness, here's another superhero cuz that would that would tweak me. If like I was a little worried cuz the guy in this the pilot And we're going to reference the show a lot, guys. We don't want to spend too much time explaining everything. Uh, The pilot is currently available online. If you uh, Google Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I I promise you, you can watch the entire episode. I would highly encourage you to do that. Uh, We will try not to be super spoilery, but it's the pilot. And
0: And that said, in the future, this is TV. Okay, so the... The spoiler range on TV is dramatically shorter than the spoiler range on, say, a movie or a video game. Right, just saying.
1: So, all right. you start off with this guy, and there was part of me that you know, you, you at some point you see him punch into a brick wall and make a handhold, and and punch his way up on. a wall. This is like maybe ten minutes into the show, maybe if not at the early. point
0: where we're all still trying to figure out. What kind of show is this going to be?
1: Right, and so I'm, you know, comic book geek that I am, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, Luke Cage is here, because the dude had a very Luke Cage vibe about him.
0: Several of the people had a very fill in the blank vibe about them.
1: Yeah, there, there was there was that, and but I like the fact that there were references to stuff. There was there was references to extremists. Which is from Iron Man 3. There's references to uh, an this thing called Centipede, which most people, you know, even in the sh- the characters in the show don't know about, but has a very almost Hydra-esque kind of feel to them. Um, there's a lot of stuff being dropped, like characters having shady pasts. Coulson's uh, is is still alive, but there's a what Coulson thinks happened and what actually happened are two completely different things. And There's a lot of setting up for the fact that nothing is like it's supposed to be. And there are some people who get really annoyed at that. But I look at it and go, it's S.H.I.E.L.D. Of course they're going to do this. You're talking about the organization headed by Nick Fury, who pretty much dipped the the Captain America trading cards in Colson's blood to get the team together. These are people willing to do whatever to keep the peace. And if that means lying, so you do what they need you to do, they're going to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so I actually was really excited about the fact that this isn't just a pile of superheroes. Right. That it is about S.H.I.E.L.D. And it is about, you know, regular, though incredibly highly skilled agents who are doing their. While
1: still acknowledging that supers do exist in this world.
0: And you can imagine they're going to be in every single episode.
1: (laughs) They, in interviews and stuff talking about the show, they're saying it's going to be like half a dozen episodes before you see the first recognizable super. Okay,
0: that's cool. I'm alright with
1: that. But you know that there's going to be some kind of holy crap weirdness, either alien or superpower or Asgardian or whatever.
0: Right. Um, so I'll tell you for me um I enjoyed the show uh, I'm certainly gonna continue to watch it uh Ward is not my favorite character in the world
1: yeah, I hope they uh, develop um, him
0: yeah uh he's looking just a little bit too much Twilighty to me
1: yeah i, I you know it's a pilot
0: i um that's whats i'm I'm, cool. I'm, I'm hoping good. they're gonna develop no him
1: in the future, but yeah he was he was a little yeah and and sky. Seems like they're trying way too hard for her to be the spunky sidekick.
0: That they are. That said, uh, and those two are the main characters, other than maybe Coulson. Um, I adore Fitz and Simmons. Oh, yeah. I, I love I love them. the little
1: robots named after the seven dwarves and, and oh, how he, he hummed. Awesome. It's, it's off to work we go when they got sent out.
0: Now everybody knows I know nothing about comic books, so I don't know whether these guys are part of the Marvel universe or they made them. No, they they made them up. I love them; (laughs) they are awesome. They're they're fantastic, Uh, and uh, you know, and I I I like the vibe of the show, where it's you know, and Marvel's been doing this for a while now with all of their movies, this nice mixture of. We have real drama here, and this pretty heavy stuff happened in this episode. Oh, yeah. But we're comic books, and we're having fun, and we know you guys love all this comic book stuff. So, you know, it's cool. We're going to throw in jokes. We're going to laugh. We're going to do silly stuff.
1: Coulson's entrance is fantastic.
0: You know, and the fact that he's, you know, he loves his car and, oh, Lola, and uh, just these little things, and the way that um, Agent May is uh, kind of responding back and forth with with Coulson, I mean, it's great. Oh,
1: I have a funny, um, I have a funny feeling that the pilot, while the pilot focuses on Ward and Sky, if these people know what they're doing, they're gonna start either developing them, which I'm totally okay if they decide to stick with them and develop them. That's fine. Or they're going to find themselves wanting to write more story between May and Coulson.
0: I'll tell you what. This feels to me and I don't know how you're going to feel about what I say about this, but to me this has the potential to be an SG-1 to be a TNG. Um, I think this can be The kind of thing where you just fall in love with these characters. And yeah, it's a little cheesy sometimes, but I don't care. I'm going to watch nine episodes, and they're going to, you know, great characters are going to go away and come back, and I don't care. I just want a great science fiction series that I can stay with for a long time. And this, to me, seems like it has the potential to be
1: that. I, I think it does. I think if they don't squander it, I think if they they treat it like a long-term kind of investment show and not just, not just automatically say, look at this superhero, look at how much budget money we have on this, look at how Disney is taking control. Uh, as long as we don't do any of that, I think this show is going to be pretty awesome and it's going to be able to uh, maintain some solid stories. Lord knows they've got enough material to work with. Yeah,
0: well, that's true. But you know what I think is really different about this? Not different, but it's something we haven't seen in a little while. Is uh, it's a little, it's less serious. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about like shows like Lost and Heroes and uh, everything well, uh, that's on. You know, Annie, FX. Um, it's got that Joss
1: Whedon vibe to it. It does. Even that's though, exactly, even though you know it's what, not you're right. him. That's
0: exactly right. That's it, it. Totally feels that way. Um, you know, and we've, I, I love that. It's, I love the Star Trek movies. I love. I mean, it's great, Um, and it feels to me like it could be a great Monster of the Week kind of show. And, you know, I know that maybe there are people who hear that term and are like, Oh, great. But I love it. No, I'm sorry. I'm totally that,
1: that that terminology is applied to Doctor Who and it's done accurately. So what I'm saying is is that monster of the week can be done well. It is it awesome. always done well? No, but it can be done well.
0: Yeah, but I'm talking about, you know, Stargate, X-Files, uh any in good incarnation of uh Star Trek. I mean, the kind of shows that you just want to you, you just want to sit down and get the entire Netflix queue full of the suckers, and just watch it for an entire weekend. That's what I want. That said, my wife hated the last scene. Oh yeah? She she was just like, I loved this show until the last scene! So I'm hoping that I can still convince her to to <laughs> wait it out with me. Let's do one more episode and see what happens.
1: Oh uh, no, I, I liked the last <laughs> scene. I thought it was very... I thought it was very fitting. I I I love uh, Colson's line of of uh, people mistake the difference between new and improved. They're not yes, necessarily was the good. same thing.
0: That was good.
1: So no, I, I think there's definitely potential there.
0: Yeah, so I, I mean, I definitely, I, I'm hoping that, you know, six months from now we can talk about this show again and it'll still be just as exciting as it is. Right now, you can also
1: and... uh, just to put in a, a plug for our, our fellow podcastery types. That's true. Yeah, um, Ben Avery from over at Strangers and Aliens is also part of a specifically Shield-related podcast called Welcome to Level Seven. Definitely check them out. I'll probably put up a link. Uh... Dude,
0: the guy is a, a master namer.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, it, you know we're we're completely and totally jealous. We should have totally gotten him into this before we came up with Project Awesome I absolutely though I'm quite proud of the actual name of Project Awesome it's
0: coming soon folks coming it's soon coming soon alright so we've talked now movies no no movies that's a TV show TV show we've talked video games how about some board games you got any any good board games that you've been playing I, I did pick up one uh, I haven't played it yet but uh, I picked up the Carcone Dice
1: Game fun
0: um, which I am told is essentially Yahtzee with special rules.
1: There are a lot of games and, like that.
0: And, uh, you know, it's a Roll Through the Ages kind of a thing. Um, I But I got it specifically because both my wife and my mother are Yahtzee fanatics.
1: That would be a good reason to get it, then.
0: My mom actually has a, a homemade giant Yahtzee set that she made in her backyard. Um, and so I thought this would be a fun way to maybe... one the grandparents are visiting, or we're down visiting the grandparents, we can introduce some slightly geekier version uh, into their life. Nice. Um, Otherwise, I haven't been doing much. Uh, Been playing some XCOM, and uh, some tickets to ride, and that's about it. How about you?
1: (laughs) XCOM, are you gearing up for the expansion?
0: You you told me about the expansion, and then it was like, you know, the XCOM got stuck into my brain, and now I'm running an Iron Man Campaign,
1: Um, so good luck and godspeed, sir. (laughs) Yeah,
0: um, I if my colonel dies, I am gonna be so (laughs) mad.
1: (laughs) Oh, he will, oh, he will, and it will be horrible, and you will scream at your your computer screen. Uh, I haven't necessarily been able to play much, uh, you know, at you know, I kind of put it up on the Facebook page, I think I did anyway. If not, you know, you're hearing from it the first time. Uh, at, at this point, in, in at the time we're recording it, I literally am gonna wake up tomorrow and uh, perform the funeral for a, a woman who I've known my whole life, she's pretty much my cousin, and she tragically passed away after uh, giving birth to her baby girl, and so needless to say, my ability to game has been minimal recently. Because That's I've spent a lot of time kind of just counseling with the family, because uh, she was an, an EMT, and most of, most of this family is not exactly church-going types. And so pretty much as the chaplain for the EMTs, I pretty much became the go-to guy for the family. So, yeah... There's a lot of that going around. I'm looking forward to gaming hopefully this weekend after after the funeral is over because you know, as we record this, I'm I, as we as I said, Luke, when we were about ready to get started, I'm desperately seeking normalcy. So I'll be looking forward to getting games. And I have to say that there's a game that I recently saw a tutorial video for. Um, it comes highly recommended by pretty much everyone. And I'm, okay. I'm pretty confident I'm going to end up picking it up, which is uh, Android Netrunner.
0: Yes, well, I think it might have won Game of the Year a couple on a couple of places last year. It
1: has. Um, honestly, I wish I had realized how, because based on the theme of it, I'm like, oh, good, a cyberpunk card game, whatever.
0: That's exactly what I said.
1: And, you know, I I wish I had known better at Gen Con because they put out a new expansion and there were people demoing the game like crazy. I would have loved to have played it. But, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought it was just another silly cyberpunk game. But, yeah, having watched several tutorials and discussions of the game and, and all sorts of stuff, man, I want to play this so bad. And the price tag is really not bad. It's not, And so no. it's a good game with a low price tag This is my sort of thing
0: Okay, so it's a card game uh, And it is a card game Kind of a la Magic
1: Yeah, but it's a living uh, though, card game It's a game. very different setup
0: But this is what they call a living card game It's a thing Fantasy Flight does I'm pretty sure only Fantasy Flight I'm Now there, there are some
1: other ones out there But Fantasy Flight pretty much has most of the best ones
0: Alright, I figure they probably copyrighted it or something But um, talk to us about what a living card game is versus a collectible card game.
1: Well, in in games like Magic, which is the the granddaddy of all collectible card games, you pretty much get booster sets. Now they have set decks that you can buy, but even still, you're probably going to end up buying booster packs hoping to find the card that you're looking for. It's a random...
0: like, Like a baseball cards were...
1: Right, or, 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 it's guess. a random... Still buy baseball cards? It's a random set of cards, and you either end up buying or trading the cards that you want. Living card games basically say, here's a set. This is every card in the set. If you want to get multiple copies, you can buy another set, but you're guaranteed to get these cards.
0: Right, and it... Now, tell me if I'm wrong here. It's designed to play... With the decks as they come.
1: Oh, you you can get the core set and play the game.
0: Right, but my point is, is that if you go out and buy more decks, you play with those whole decks, right? It's not like you pick and choose cards and integrate it and create your own special power deck.
1: Yes, I've well, I've seen I've seen both. I know people who use certain cards. I know people uh, who get the who get the sets and say, you know, I don't want to play this faction, I want to play this card from it.
0: Okay, so that's that's almost kind of like house ruling though.
1: No, I mean uh, the whole is it, that... it's designed that you can you can tweak your deck to whatever you okay. want. And there are neutral cards too that can go across factions and stuff like that. So oh, there is a deck building element to it.
0: Okay, so the question that I'm kind of getting at then is with Magic Money wins. Oh, yeah. Now, this obviously is going to um, adjust that in the sense that, at the very least, everybody has equal access to all of the cards.
1: Oh, yeah. There's nobody who can spend, like, $400 and get the Uber Mega card.
0: But is the guy who bought, like, because there's a lot of expansions. If there's a guy who bought all of the expansions and picked all the best cards out of the expansion going to win versus the guy who just has the core deck or is this a little bit more like a any kind of board game or whatever that you'd buy that also comes with expansions that, you know, you're playing on parity based on, you know, whichever expansions you're deciding to play with in that
1: game. Not having spent a lot of time with it myself, I can't say one way or the other. However, I can say from pretty much everybody I've talked to that there's no card that's a game breaker. There's no combo that's a game-breaker that'll say, if you buy this pack and play these cards, you will win.
0: Well, uh, I've seen it played several times. Uh, I've had it taught to me, but I haven't actually sat down and played it. Uh, One thing that makes it, uh, I I think, a better game um, I don't know if better is the right word, but a different game is that there are essentially two teams. Yes. And they're not the same. No, they They're are not trying to do the same thing. They have
1: different and, functionality. They have completely different you know, ways of setting up their decks. Everything is you, different.
0: You basically have, for lack of a better word, the computers and the hackers. Uh, and the hackers are trying to get into the computers. The computers are trying not to have things get into them. And so, because of that, the there's you know you're never going to have a card that your opponent has.
1: Right, no, there's... There's always...
0: They're completely separate sets of cards that are, you know, never the twain shall meet. So, unlike a game like Magic, where uh, you pretty much can go out and buy the best deck. You can go to a website, and you can say, what's the best deck? And you can buy it, and you go to a tournament, and you may be playing against the exact same deck because the dude went to the same website and bought the same deck. Uh, here, you're always going to have an opponent who's doing different stuff, and you're trying to defend against what they're doing, or you're trying to attack. And to me, that seems more gamish.
1: Oh, yeah. That I, I absolutely adore the fact that it's asymmetrical, uh, the corporations will go against the the uh, the runners, and it it's not even similar. The corporations are setting up these uh, servers that basically do different functions and setting up what's called ICE, which are basically firewalls to keep the runners from getting at them. Whereas the runners are trying to uh, use code and hardware and, and different things that they can add into their gear, which will allow them to break through these firewalls and get to to steal, basically, the information in these servers. It, it, they're completely different. There's, it's not even kind of sort of the same. They are completely different. So you might, if you get like the core set and you say, man, I'm playing the corporation this time, and so you're playing one way, and then maybe you get trounced. Maybe you just get absolutely obliterated. Well, next time you can say I'm playing the runners this time, and suddenly it's a completely different game, and it's it it really gives a lot of uh, varied gameplay. And I'm I, I I'm really tempted to just stop recording now and order this game so that it arrives at my house presently.
0: Yes. Yeah, so uh, you you did that to me earlier today. Uh, you started talking about the fact that you maybe were going to talk about this game on the show, so I went to Fantasy Flight. And, you know, I've known for a while that there is a Star Wars living card game. And I wanted it. But I kind of knew that I'd be the only person who was interested in it. Likewise, there's a Lord of the Rings living card game. And I was like, well, i probably get my family to play that one with me. I don't think I'd really get very many people at the game store to play with me. And as I was kind of digging through, I looked at it, and I looked over, and it said players. One to two. And I realized that one? I can solitaire this game. <laughs> I must have. So, yes, you're you're hurting me, man. You're <laughs> hurting me. You're I'm hurting deep in the wallet. I'm, I'm about to say I'm
1: hurting your wallet. I'm not hurting you.
0: Though you're right, they're very affordable games.
1: Yeah, if you don't so if nice. you don't buy if you don't feel the need to buy every expansion, it's it's really affordable. And and quite frankly, if you pace it out, getting these expansions, like I looked into the Android Netrunner expansions, they're like ten bucks, ten bucks for each one, and yeah. and you like I said, you literally get every card in the expansion,
0: and you wouldn't want to buy the more than one expansion at a time anyway. You want to play with those cards.
1: Right. You want to learn the cards. Right. Because how um, do you know if you're going to play them or not if you've never actually played them?
0: Right. And, uh, you know, I they're less... The, the basic games are less than most board games. Yep. Um, you know, they're in the $25-$30 range, uh, depending on where you get it, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm interested, and uh, I know at our game store we have a couple guys who are really into Netrunner um, I love Fantasy Flight for the most part they do good games so I definitely think uh, i have. I'll be interested I have, to what you have to say
1: I pretty much have two gaming companies that can do no wrong in my site and they are Plaid Hat and Fantasy Flight
0: uh, yeah that sounds okay to me um, you know and uh, I think that uh, you know once you had the Bioshock game they had you forever oh uh,
1: Plaid Hat, I'm sorry. City of Remnant. The I I would love I love this game. I'm really upset by the fact that I need to get I need to recruit and or train some new hardcore gamers because it's not a light game. It's not heavy by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not light. And I, I want to be playing this game more. But yeah, no Plaid Hat. I I I totally went on on the Facebook page and said that I will shill for Plaid Hat like it's going out of style. So guys, if you're <laughs> listening and you happen to be looking Please for a guy... Please
0: send me my you, Please!
1: I will gladly send you my address, and I, you know...
0: A toe. It, a toe. I I choose the toe, but I'm willing to send you a toe. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah gamestoreprofits at gmail.com is all I'm saying. But, uh, all right, man. yeah.
0: So, it's been kind of a varied episode, right? We talked about...
1: We, um, we literally hit, you know, normally we say... E- every, yeah. We, we always say, we're, we're board games first, but we hit everything. Today, we literally hit everything.
0: You know, and I think, though, it, it does say something about what we try to say on this show. And that is, don't stereotype. Mm. Um, because, you know, a lot of times, I think... I mean, it's hard for me to know what outsiders look into our culture and see. I hope... They don't see Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty, but I think they probably do.
1: Oh, uh, they pretty much. If you if you talk to if you just use the word gamer to your average person, which granted our audience is not average people, uh, but if you say the word gamer to the, your average person, mostly they'll think video games, and mostly they'll think games. They probably won't even know the names, but they'll think games like Grand Theft right. Auto and Call of Duty.
0: And then, of course, we talked about Marvel, and look what Marvel's doing, and I know it's Disney now, and you know what? I think that's even better. I love Disney. <laughs> so um but just even in this first episode of the show it's it somehow manages to combine light, funny, nerdy and human, yeah with this really human story. It wasn't a great story, but it's still a really human story where you're like, oh, what's going to happen to these characters? You know? And that's what we love, right? That's why we love science fiction. That's why we love our geeky stuff is so we can get into these stories.
1: Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was a very solid moment. Like, I was wondering how they were going to handle the quote-unquote bad guy in the pilot. And I, I won't spoil this for you because, like I said, you can go out and find the pilot online. So if you haven't seen it, then do so. Um, but the, the kind of the, the speech that the, the quote-unquote bad guy mm. gives at the end, I mean, it was it over-the-top and cheesy? But yeah, but in a very comic book, very this-is-the-world-we-live-in yeah. kind of way. It it and wasn't out how... of place.
0: Yeah, it was good, man. And this is what what we love these stories for, is because when we connect to these stories, we can connect to something deeper. And you know what? That's what this show is about. I I actually was today. I spent quite a few hours working on the new project, awesome website.
1: And it's looking good, guys.
0: And uh, you know, if you've ever built a website before, you know how it works. You first have to do all the back end gnarly stuff make sure all of your your you know tags and your CSS and your, your PHP all work all the
1: stuff that I don't know how to do
0: and I barely know how to do but our cool project our team awesome team is, awesome is, is doing I want
1: it. t-shirts
0: <laughs> <laughs> go for it brother <laughs> and, uh, and so today I get to come in and start moving stuff around and saying okay I want I'm putting this here, I want this to go there, and this. And as you do all that, you're putting up placeholders, right? You know, just, I don't, right now it doesn't make sense to, to take the time to fill in the content. You just put the things there so you can see how everything's going to work and you can troubleshoot it. And one of the things I got to put in there was uh, the section that's going to be about using gaming to talk about our faith and to experience our faith through the shared stories we create when we game. And, you know, whether you're being passive and just watching a television show or whether you're playing a video game or whether you're sitting around a role-playing table building a story together, the way you tell that story is what matters. Okay, It doesn't matter if there's you know, goblins, or Daleks, or superheroes, or street thugs. What matters is how you tell that story. What is the heart of that story? Is that story going to make you think and move deeper into your relationships with fellow humans, and your relationship with creation, and your relationships with God? And we believe we can do that. We believe we can use the stuff we love to move us all closer together and man i am so excited about that and you know what i love the fact that that a little cheesy comic book television show did that this week and i hope they continue to do it and i hope that as we all come together in project awesome we all can do it together and uh you know i think uh we're so close guys we're so close to uh, we, the reveal of Project Awesome. Luke
1: and I literally had the conversation before this episode that says, is this the one where we tell the people what it actually is?
0: Right. Uh, it's not.
1: But it's soon.
0: It's soon. We're getting there. Uh, a little bit more uh, fiddly. And uh, we'll we'll be there. But you know, I just, I love that we can use these things that we love to connect to the God that we love. And I think that's, you know, that's pure joy, man. That's, that's, that's fun.
1: And, and guys, I I want to stress again, you know, I, I've kind of been doing this a lot lately at the end, so I'm sorry if this is sounding a little bit repetitive, but holy crap, man, we love getting your emails and the messages that you guys leave for us and everything like that. Um, we've had just a string of people, that have emailed us and just said, you know, thank, you know, thanking us for what we're doing. And dude, guys, we, we want to thank you for letting us do this pretty much <laughs> All right. and, and encouraging uh, us to do this. Yeah. We're, we're really in- incredibly blessed to know that you guys are, are listening and, and care about what we're doing. I love the fact that we recently had uh, a gentleman who, who told us, Hey, I was listening to, you know, Does Jesus Need a Retcon? And I totally used that with my high school youth group kids. Nice. Dude, that, See, man, that's awesome. that, I, that is so fantastic because, you know, not spoilers, um, that's totally kind of the stuff that we're going to help hopefully end up doing with Project Awesome is, is turning that stuff into ways that you can connect with people and ways that churches can help connect uh, with people in the geek community, that's the kind of stuff we want to see happen, and we want to do that. We want to put that out. We want you guys to feel free to take that and tweak that, um and and share with us the fact that you've done it. Literally, I, I said I said to him, and I will continue to say, dude, take whatever we're putting out there. It, oh, for sure. For it, out of courtesy, if you want to say, hey, I was listening to this podcast. When you blatantly steal from us, that's awesome. But, dude, if this helps you guys out to do some some great stuff in in the name of God and for the the, the extension of the gospel, freaking take it. Just go, and you can cite this episode for the time when I'm going to say you can do it. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, and I, we want you to know we see every single you know comment that you make. Every email that you send, every Facebook post that you send, every Facebook message that you send, we see them all. Uh, we don't always respond.
1: I'm getting better. Uh, I'm getting better. We are
0: getting, we are better. But uh, sometimes there's a lot, and we can't. But uh, we really appreciate you guys, and uh, you know, I, I just am so thrilled that we have fi- found formed whatever. I don't think we formed it. I think we found it. Yeah. This community. <laughs> yeah, we we um, didn't we
1: didn't form anything. We we discovered uh, it. Uh,
0: so I'm so excited to see where this continues to go. I really thought this was just going to be a thing that we did a couple of times, and it's it's turning into so much more. And uh, and uh, I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah, and as so, you know, we kind of did a, a a grab bag in this episode, and you know, we didn't really do the whole super tie-in, great sermonizing on this one. But I I just love the fact that. There's so much of this stuff that's flooding into culture. There's so much of this stuff that people are taking seriously. And I'm so thankful that that you guys are are part of the people who are, are looking at this stuff and saying, you know what, I love this stuff. And not just grabbing it for the sake of, you know, plastering on Jesus onto something that's popular, but you are simply taking what you love and using it to... Uh, to share Christ. And that's the coolest thing running.
0: Absolutely. So, Mike, how can folks find out more about the show and send us all of those
1: great messages? Uh, The best way to send us stuff, there's two ways to send us stuff. Uh, Either way works perfectly fine. Uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier when I was totally chilling for Plaid Hat. By the way, Plaid Hat, I'm totally available. Um, GameStoreProfits at gmail.com That's... The email that we, we check all the time, uh, you can definitely hit us up on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash GameStoreProfits. Uh, we also have Twitter at GSProfits. Um, we are soon to ref- do the website, but you can't find us there yet. Uh, I'm still putting together a charity event uh, through the guys at extralife.org. If it's going to be, it's gonna happen November 2nd. If you would like to do a uh, Team Game Store Profits in your local area to support a local hospital by you, uh, definitely check us out. If you go on to Extra Life and uh, look up uh, Team Game Store Profits East, you'll find us. Otherwise, you can sign up your own and, uh, like I said, just put Team GSP or Team Game Store Profits just so we can find you so that we can put updates up on the Facebook page. That would be awesome. Uh, I think that covers everything. Luke, do you have any other ideas of things that we can cite here?
0: No, I I think that's it. So, uh, just the only thing left to do is to remind everybody that God is the Game Master, and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on.